mortals to the podcast of channel krt where we take a look at the best and worst of obscure media and welcome to day seven of the we scream saga i'm kit quinn and if they don't make muppets marvelous music mansion after this i'm suing i'm the randy vandy man i'm gonna go jump out the window for saying that yes i did goat her into saying that <laughs> yeah tyler's at my house he's got a gun to my head oops too near tyler's too near <laughs> no no more derby <laughs> we can't escape derby it's bad enough that melody mouse and humbear are still stalking me i just forgot about <laughs> them and now you've brought them back god damn it tyler <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Yes, this is Tyler, and I haven't thought of an introduction again. I'm so sorry. (laughs) But unlike those Wii Sings, this one is actually really good. Agreed. And joining us in talking about how good it is today, you know him as Gokai Orange on YouTube, and it's Gokai Orange on Twitter. Please welcome Gokai Orange. Woo! It's so marvelous to be here, you guys. Uh, All right. (laughs) <laughs> and you described that you're a pretty hardcore we sing holic with the walking encyclopedia of we sing facts. So why don't you go into your history, man? So I first got introduced to we sing through um, a church family that I was friends with back in Madison, the Crooms. Hi, Janice. Aww. And she had um, Marvelous Musical Mansion. She had Grandpa's Magical Toys and she had Best Christmas Ever. Uh, But uh, Marvelous Musical Mansion was the one I grew up with the most, with Magical Toys being a close second. I'm sorry that you had to uh, endure Jeremy through your childhood. (laughs) I only saw that one, I think, like, maybe once or twice, because it was a seasonal thing. It's like, why would I watch Best Christmas Ever in June? Uh, no no reason. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, why would you watch that in June, Tyler? (laughs) Or in September. (laughs) Because we've lost control of our lives. It's like Netflix MST3K. It's like, why are you watching this Christmas special? They're binging it. (laughs) (laughs) Someday Susan Nip and Pamela Beal are going to discover our podcast and it'll be like, you know what? We're still going to thank them for giving us this amazing saga. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, seeing that Nathan knows people who have been involved with We Sing, which we'll get to in a minute, I hope nobody comes across this and thinks we hate them. Yeah, if any of you were watching, you're awesome and we're really happy that you got amazing work and we're glad that you enjoyed doing it. Please don't show up at our houses. (laughs) Or do, because I would love to meet you. (laughs) Hell yeah! (laughs) Especially the person who played Silly Wim. She's awesome. Yeah, she's great. I hope she's doing okay. Renee Margolin. To anyone who was ever in a We Sing tape, I feel like you and I would both enjoy roasting it together. (laughs) Speaking of actresses, so one interesting thing I noticed about this, actually this ties into another fact that we completely missed in the King Cole's party review. Why don't you take it away, Nathan? Okay, so as we all know, all these were done in Oregon, and there is a huge web of actors and actresses in Oregon. And so the interesting factoid that I brought up that you guys completely forgot 
In the credits of King Cole's party, the person that held the slate for it was one Gus Van Sant. <laughs> yes! <laughs> yes! Director of Goodwill Hunting. Oh my god! And My Own Private Idaho, which has an actress in it that is in Marvelous Musical Mansion. Bob O'Brien, and she was the gym instructor in that movie Elephant, which he also directed, so it all keeps coming together, man. I have found a lot of interesting films that we sing actors have been in, some of which, like, have been together. Like, there was this one uh, called Jessica, A Ghost Story, which had three of them from three different movies, and... One of them wasn't even in a Weezing film yet. That's the interesting fact. I mean, in all fairness with King Cole's party, we were just so taken aback by the fact that Dal McKinnon was the crooked man and he also did the announcements for Big Thunder Mountain. I was just taken aback that it was filmed on, like, film. (laughs) Yeah, it was the only one that was actually filmed and it was the only one that didn't have regular composer Cal Scott on board. I still don't know why he didn't do that. I know him on Facebook. I could shoot him a question like, hey, why didn't you do this one? Yeah, that could be cool. If you ever do, hit us up. Also, one fact from the uh, Grandpa's Magical Toys episode that I didn't even know until recently. One of the associate producers of that movie, Will fucking Vinton. What? What? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I have no idea exactly where his expertise came in because I don't recall there being claymation in that no there wasn't no that's a bit too much out of we sing's budget so i'm surprised they didn't do any claymation ever oh my god hey guys tyler here with a quick update so after we recorded this episode nathan did some more research as it turns out the director of that tape and king cole's party susan chadburn was his wife and a longtime collaborator of his she helped launch will vinton studio she created a documentary about will's creative process entitled claymation three-dimensional clay animation and even wrote and narrated will's 1985 feature the adventures of mark twain hello who are you an angel What's your name? Satan. Uh-oh. What's the matter? Nothing. Only it's sure a sorry name for an angel. Yep, that one. She sadly passed away in 2018 after a long battle with MS, but it's only fair that we pay tribute to her amazing contributions in film and media. May she rest in peace. Did you also uh, mention the guy who did Farmer in the Dell? I don't think we did, actually. He was a voice actor. uh, He was one of the villains in Sly 2. I think it was the the parrot. Holy shit. He was also in Amnesia. Whoa. The game? Yeah, Amnesia. I tweeted about this a while back when I was just on my little deep dive into, like, actors. And it actually got retweeted by this company that he was associated with. So he knows that I put two and two together. So the thing that made PewDiePie famous before white supremacy? (laughs) Oh. Thankfully, as far as we know, no one from WeSig went on to be become an alt writer. Oh, thank the Lord. As far as we know. Yeah, so Nathan, when we asked you to do this, why specifically did you want to do this one? I just feel like I have the most attachment to it, and it's the one that I've, like I mentioned, I've seen the most, so I know it, like, off the back of my hand. I don't think I'm to the point where I could recite the entire script, but I'm close. Hell yeah! (laughs) I really don't blame you. For what it's worth, this might be controversial, but I kind of love this one more than 
than Sillyville. Agreed. Like, Sillyville was good, but it was also kind of a little all over the place. I also think the message is just a bit too hammered in. It's like, this is a racism allegory. Yeah, it's definitely a bit clumsily handled. It's what the Land Before Time did better. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Dinosaur racism. (laughs) In addition, Marvelous Music Mansion does not have that creepy Duggar-like red family, so... (laughs) Ah, silly whim. (laughs) We were just on our way to church. The good Lord said be fruitful and multiply, so child number 23 is on the way. We're not a cult. Give us a show, TLC. (laughs) We're not gonna vaccinate little baby booty number 17 because vaccines give you the autism, and that ain't part of the Lord's plan. You, you joke, but I think there is, like, a We Sing Bible cassette tape. There, there is, is, yeah. I am fairly certain they did go that route, but it's, like, weird because everything else was completely secular. I think they just did it because Bible songs were in. Yeah, I think that was the only one that I kind of knew of because that was the one that I think that my church growing up had when I had to attend Sunday school. Totally not by force. This We Sing Bible songs tape has 63 songs. What? Good lord. <laughs> Literally. Imagine that road trip. (laughs) So do you guys want to get into this special? Yes. Hell yeah. Let's let's go for it. (laughs) So it's this brother deciding to stalk his older brother with their friend who's going to be going with them because reasons. And so then he's playing piano, which he doesn't really look like a piano player. He looks like he'd be the type of kid to be all, oh, Music is for wussies, so... You joke, but Alex's actor actually is a musician now. Oh, nice. I haven't listened to much of it, but I think it's like noise music. He was also in an episode of The Wonder Years. Whoa. Yeah, fittingly enough, that episode was also about music. He was a... Like, part of this garage band. That's so cool. Yeah, so let's talk about the character Kelly real quick. The gist of this character is that she just wants to be a detective. So she keeps making mysteries out of literally everything. She's the kind of person that would play, like, Laura Bow games. I will also give this special a huge thing, is that the child acting's pretty solid for the most part. Like, once again, it all depends upon the director and how they can direct children. I mean, the kid in the baseball cat, his execution is a little bit rough in the beginning but he gets better ironic because he's the only one that's actually done some acting i thought it started with like the car yeah auntie bell is driving down the oregon countryside she's driving this like 1930s looking rolls royce which by the way they focus on the hood ornament they want you to know yeah this bitch has a rolls royce we paid a lot of money to use this car we're going to show the hell out of it it's a bitchin car i gotta say It's so old. This thing's clearly a death trap. 50 bucks says that was the most expensive thing out of this movie was getting the rent for that car. (laughs) (laughs) At least get one that's safe to transport children in. It also farts musical notes. <laughs> also, the cinematography during the driving scenes is pretty damn good. Yeah. I, I know. It's like they don't go for like the obvious green screen route. Like, no, they went out and actually shot footage of this car driving around the Oregon countryside. Both the intro and the mansion itself gave me huge clue vibes. Like, I half expected them to start playing the song behind it. So, this is just uh, kid friendly knives out. <laughs> it's. Babby's first murder mystery without the murder. Uncle Rubato is just going to tell everyone to eat shit. Yes! Eat shit, eat shit. You eat shit. Also, I got a huge laugh out of how Benji was all, Oh, yeah, 
Yikes! I forgot my toothbrush. <laughs> it was just. I, lo- I like Benji. He's full of energy. Yeah, he's he's good. I really liked him, and he was a good actor too. It was just kind of funny how the line read was. Also, I gotta say, back to Kelly real quick. So the intro of this, as we mentioned, is that Kelly and Benji are stalking their friend slash brother Alex. Alex is uh, Benji's brother. Yeah, so they're stalking Alex, and then he eventually finds out, and then it's like. Kelly, just knock on the door like a normal person. (laughs) They're trying to be sneaky. Also, we get a lot of scenes of Alex starting to play piano and then it cutting away, which made me wonder if they were setting up an arc for him and then they kind of do. He plays when the Saints go marching in, which does play a point later on. Foreshadowing. (laughs) Huzzah! (laughs) The opposite of me taking piano lessons because I would just slack off constantly. (laughs) I took lessons, but it's been a long time ago. I will never be Ralph, and that makes me sad. (laughs) So then the kids are talking about what they're going to do at the mansion, and they decide to go into My Aunt Came Back. And somehow she's traveled to all those exact locations in the song (laughs) talk about frequent flyer miles also i gotta say what the fuck was up with that choreography they were doing it's supposed to be like you're mimicking what she brought back and i've only ever seen this song in one other place and that was barney yeah they share a lot of songs it's not we sing without some sort of barney reference also can i just point out that freaking couch in their living room that is the most 90s couch i've ever seen it's beautiful it really is (laughs) that whole living room was just 90s that was clearly just somebody's house (laughs) i really hope that couch is an antique store somewhere because (laughs) they have a piece of history (laughs) just imagine you go to savers and you find that exact couch for like ten (laughs) dollars like this is the loudest couch i've ever seen i'll take it i genuinely wonder how many we sing props have ended up in like thrift stores or goodwill or something that's a good point like i wonder where a lot of these music boxes are now actually i'm on the we sing tripod site someone actually made a tiny little doll of the nina ballerina Ooh, oh yeah i saw that interesting that was cute remind me a lot of the little dolls that were used in the series so it's cool yeah at least with this they actually made like original props i mean granted you don't really see them they're probably like often like the odd shot but they actually look pretty nice In addition, I did not get misophonia from the scene where they're doing the chewing gum. So yay! Take that, Jimbo. (laughs) (laughs) So the kids get introduced to Auntie Annabella, and I gotta say, I am digging her dumbass energy. Yes. Like, she's a dumbass, but she's a fun dumbass. The way she dresses, too, it's like a musical Time Lord. It's very Miss Frizzle. Exactly. She's like Miss Frizzle, but if she were stupid. (laughs) Miss Frizzle's eccentric aunt. Like, that's one of her many, many relatives she shows off in that series. Like, we're gonna learn about music with my aunt, Annabella. And then she shows the present that she's gonna be giving to Uncle Rubato, and Benji asks, what's in the box? What's in the box? Benji, no! Gwyneth Paltrow's head is in there! <laughs> So then they get in the car and then they're all heading up. So of course they sing, she'll be coming around the mountain. And I got a huge laugh out of the part where they start singing, oh no, then we'll have to sing this song all over again. Oh no. Why didn't I bring a Game Boy? (laughs) 
This is the most inaccurate depiction of a road trip with three kids I've ever seen. All my aunt has to do is slightly hit a pole and we would all be dead because <laughs> this car is ancient. One is playing a Game Boy, the other one is asking for snacks, and the other one just really needs to pee. Basically, yeah, I was all three. <laughs> Please help our crazy aunt is driving an antique car. It smells like gasoline all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Also, Auntie Annabelle is a bit drunk. (laughs) This is not a highway car. Why are we on the highway in a car that's like... That's like 60 years old. (laughs) Auntie Annabelle ran a stop sign. Auntie Annabella, this car's not all-wheel drive. <laughs> this dirt road is gonna kill us all. Annie Antabella forgot to set the brakes. Is this car street legal? I don't really think so. <laughs> we have fun. <laughs> and then we get introduced to sort of a running gag with the bird watchers, which... Oh, hi, Beal and Nip. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's right. That's the creators themselves. The only time they ever make a cameo in these films. Yeah, which is strange because you think they would do it more often, but... I think this is like the one time where it's like they were on set and it's like, okay, this one actually looks like fun. Can we be in this one, please? Yeah. <laughs> we're going to wash our hands clean of all of this except for this one. Yes. <laughs> Also on IMDb, they're credited as Madge and Marge, and I'm just going to say it. They're happily married. They are. <laughs> it seems like the kind of thing that two lesbians in Portland would do. Let's go bird watching. Yes. It is kind of funny because they keep showing up randomly, and I half expected them to randomly show up in the mansion at the end, but they never do, surprisingly. They're just still in the background. <laughs> Uncle Roboto has restraining orders against them. you know it is also kind of funny how casual they are about it being a musical mansion it's like oh yeah it's a musical mansion it comes to life that's rubato's house it can come to life sometimes don't worry the value for it is incredible so like the uncle's name is roboto (laughs) oh randy come on i was gonna make that joke domo arigato mr roboto god damn it (laughs) beat me to it (laughs) <laughs> that's revenge it's basically a musical term meaning loosely and freely essentially oh yeah and then in addition we get introduced to the door knocker who's just the door knockers from labyrinth but somehow creepy <laughs> uh, for some reason the security system to this house is you have to answer a riddle even if like you're the owner of the house <laughs> it still beats the door from the wiggles movie though hey actually this still beats ring still less creepy and still less dystopian than ring imagine uncle roboto coming home from the grocery store and he has to solve a riddle to get inside it's like door knocker please i have two grocery bags in my hand and i cannot clap my hands (laughs) i would still rather that than jeff bezos watching me from my doorbell (laughs) door knocker please i just got shot and i gotta get inside so i can get medical attention what's the riddle At least Door Knocker isn't going to say intruder alert when there's a bee in front of the camera. <laughs> and there's actually a meme of the Door Knocker on the website. On the Wee Singer, yeah, because we brought up Wee Sing memes. Oh, Door Knocker, it's you. I'll just I'll just go in now. Whoever wants to come inside must solve a riddle that I provide. <laughs> Flip. And he has the troll face, too. Let's not forget. I know. <laughs> That is perfect. 
<laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> and so then they go inside the mansion and meet Uncle Roboto. I'm going to go out on a limb and assume his first name is Kilroy. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> you know, I'm amazed he didn't go on to anything else, Steve Smith, because he's actually a really good actor as well. I know. And good Lord, trying to find any information on this actor is a pain in the ass because of how obvious his name is. And like, you Google Steve Smith, you get the American dad character. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> So it's like, all right, Steve Smith, actor, Marvelous Musical Mansion. And it's like, let's see, Facebook, Steve Smith. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, at least his name wasn't Morty Smith. Otherwise, we'd get a bunch of Rick and Morty results. (laughs) (laughs) Pickle Roboto. No. You're going to make me hate this. (laughs) I'm trying to make this as much of a chore as possible. But yeah, I definitely love Uncle Roboto's energy. Oh, my God. How the fuck didn't he and Auntie Annabella return and we sing them? Because they were fucking awesome. Right? They were fucking great together. Is We Singdom just like the Infinity War of We Sing or something? Yeah. I guess. If only, because the only thing in that film that actually references Marvelous Musical Mansion is their cat staccato. Yeah. Uh-huh. We have another cat with a musical name, and it's like, okay, that's cute. Why didn't you get anyone back? So it's kind of like Ant-Man not being in Infinity War. Basically. And we're like, where is he? But then Ant-Man and the Wasp comes down. It's like, oh, there he is. <laughs> you get one little reference, and that's it. Also... Cadenza's a good boy. Oh my god, I love yeah. that cat. He just sits there looking chill. How long has that cat been on that chair? He looks so much like Jonesy from Alien, and I love that. Yes. If only in the dinner scene, Uncle Roboto just freaks out and a chestburster pops out. Oh god! <laughs> oh no, not again. I would say that again. <laughs> Hello, my baby. Hello, Hello my, my honey. honey. Hello, my ragtime gal. Check, Check please. please. <laughs> Side note, they never say exactly what Uncle Rubato and Auntie Annabella's relationship is to each other, so I was like, wait, is one of them, like, on one side of the family, the other on the other side, or? They both have the last name of Rubinsky, and, like, Uncle Rubato is a great uncle, and Auntie Annabella is just an aunt, so I don't know if that's, like, father-daughter, or, like, cousins. She's a lesbian, he's gay, they're married strictly for, uh convenience reasons fuck yeah (laughs) it's canon they are each other's beards fuck yes you know what every single person in this is gay i've decided this is portland after all especially the cat the cat is the gayest Yay! So then they introduce by going up to the coat rack, which sings, my hat has three corners, which I'm just like, but that's not your hat. <laughs> also, Burl Ross. Oh yeah, that's right. He was played by Burl Ross, who was Little Bunny Fufu in Big Rock Candy Mountains. No more of that fucking bunny. <laughs> <laughs> Why is We Sing incapable of doing bunnies? So here's what I'm thinking. So, after the events of Big Rock Candy Mountain, he hit the Meesey Mice again, so the good fairy just said fuck it and doomed him to be Uncle Roboto's wooden slave for the rest of his miserable existence. <laughs> and then he turned into a zombie in Z Nation. Huzzah! I'm not kidding. Oh my god, that's amazing. <laughs> And so then after they do that, they end up getting introduced to the musical boxes, including Auntie Annabella's gift, Andy Bandy Man. Don't you mean Randy Bandy Man? I would like to point out Andy Bandy Man's uh, actor, Duffy Epstein, was also in the wonderful movie Frozen Assets, the same (laughs) year as this movie. 
Oh my god, yeah. I think that was one of the ones that we mentioned previously on the We Sing Together. I think the guy who played the bunny and We Sing Together was in that. Also, Duffy, we know you're not related to that guy. You're cool. Yeah, you're cool, Duffy. I just feel so fucking bad for literally anyone with the last name Epstein. I just gotta say, the Andy Bandyman song fucking rips yes oh i can play on my little kazoo and this is the music to it zazazoo goes my little kazoo and that's the way i do it Diedrich Bader energy. Ooh, yeah. I want to know is like, how long did it take him to train to do the one man band stuff? Yeah, was he actually playing those instruments? From what I heard, like, possibly, because I know like uh, Cal Scott did the harmonica in the soundtrack. So I'm wondering if like he gave him a few tips and pointers and like, okay, we're going to give you a VHS copy of Mary Poppins. This is what Bert does. You are going to be Bert. Don't do a fake British accent, please. <laughs> And no kite flying either. And no, it will not be a jolly holiday with Auntie Annabella. (laughs) Sorry, the penguins aren't in this one. (laughs) That's down the line. That's down the line. (laughs) Oh my god, Weaver was a deformed penguin from that sequence. Changed my mind. Oh, so that's why they kicked him out. He was live action. that I especially really appreciate about this one is that everybody actually knows their homework on the different types of music. Like they knew what doo-wop is, they knew what an actual classic song sounds like. It was impressive because especially when We Sing Train had this weird scene where they do like the most basic song ever and they call it rock and roll and I'm like, bitch, that ain't rock and roll. (laughs) Now we know who's calling Imagine Dragons rock and roll. (laughs) (laughs) Like this was actually the first We Sing video I could think about where they actually teach you something granted i already know what a c scale is but damn this was great mm-hmm. normally i've complained a bit during these that sometimes the sequences go on a little too long i was actually invested in all these song sequences yeah you're spending like a good chunk of time with the music boxes but like you're still invested it's like okay that was good let's see the next one yeah it was actually really impressive and also on the website they have the violinist of the doodle deck quintet la host balo he was like a legit composer for portland here it is a music director and conductor at the portland festival symphony and like apparently he's this local legend for them so like getting him for that is just like an accomplishment it's like probably the biggest person to get since uh, dal mckinnon you know i wonder if anybody's ever gonna ask us fan sent in interviews about what was it like to work on we sing because i'm just like now i want we sing jerry (laughs) (laughs) and so yeah andy bandy man also deals with some insecurity over the fact that he's a one-man band and i'm just like mate You're a one-man band. Nobody else can do that. You play all the instruments. You are drums. You are harmonica. You are washboard. You have the little things on your heels. And they literally praise him after all the fucking music boxes have played. You Annabella for Andy Bandy, man. He is absolutely marvelous. That's for sure. What a performance. Yeah. Like, I understand how jealousy and insecurity can fuel your depression, but come on, man. Here's the thing. Depression is a chemical imbalance that biological creatures possess. He's not a biological creature. He's a toy. (laughs) (laughs) You are physically incapable 
of having a chemical imbalance. But what if toys had feelings? <laughs> you are a toy! <laughs> they did do that one short with the dueling one-man bands that played before Cars. Like, they're trying to get that one coin from the little girl. And yeah. it, like, turns into this all-out war. And it's like, I kind of wish I saw that happened like let's get andy Bandyman in there and maybe throw in bert for good measure four on four battle go <laughs> <laughs> also before we move on to the next music box uh did you guys notice that andy Bandyman's song had the exact same cadence as the nosy pie song oh my god <laughs> <laughs> we need a clown tv and we sing crossover yesterday yes then we cut to the next song which is a doo-wop band um what were they called the tapa capella singers the tapa capella singers yeah, and so they have a really catchy little song where they play, like, different parts of the song. Although, I did not get why everybody was plugging their ears during Fortissimo's solo. It's because it, she was loud, and it's like, we have to visually describe loudness, so let's have everyone cover their ears. But it's like, okay, you do that, and that's that's kind of rude. Yeah! Let's be honest, she fucking kicked ass out of all of them. Fuck yes, and the only one that wasn't covering his ears was the one on the left, and I was like, he has taste. <laughs> Yeah, they all have these really fun little bits, although I gotta wonder, though, if they're technically little people being kept in those boxes, does that mean that they're just being trapped in there and they have no oxygen? <laughs> we sing pro-human trafficking. <laughs> <laughs> and Uncle Rubato can just turn them on and off with magic whenever he can, so... <laughs> That's pretty terrifying when you think about it. I'm picking up really sketch vibes. <laughs> <laughs> also, did any of you guys notice uh, that the green tap dancer, Peter was his name, right? Yeah, he he was one of the Spurtle Girls, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Yeah. Oh, neat. Yeah. I don't like the word Spurtle Gurgles. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds very sexual with their sorry pieces for heads. <laughs> That doesn't even sound sexual. That just sounds like gross and sexual. So the next music box is the uh, Doodle Deck Quintet, right? No, Nina Ballerina was next. I don't really have anything to say about her, honestly. I mean, it's not often we sing does like the nice serene song. So it's, it's a welcome change of pace from like nursery rhymes and other public domain songs. It was a nice cool down piece. I'll say that. Also, I noticed this in the credits, but her name is uh, Michelle Hegman. And I'm like, okay, are you related to... Kevin. <laughs> I want to say yes because uh, Benji's actor, Ikaika Young, his sister was in We Sing Train as one of the paper dolls. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. That's so cool. So they kind of got a bunch of people from the Portland Theater group, both yeah. young and old, together. So. Yeah, that's really cool. There's clearly, like, a sibling relationship going on with, okay, one gets to be in one, the next one gets to be in the other. Just the fact that we had someone named Hagman in this is like, okay, are you related? Like, because I didn't see any symbols of, like, family members on their Wikipedia article, so it's like, eh. I don't know, maybe. Yeah, that's really cool, if so. It's funny because uh, someone did ask um, the Hagman brothers on Twitter, hey, weren't you in this We Sing film? And he says, yes, but he'd rather forget it or something like that. <laughs> oh man. I think it's just like, oh, it's just this weird thing I did as a kid. <laughs> But now I'm a successful Hollywood man. I will write for you. I mean, I get it because Grandpa's Magical Toys is very blurst, but you know. Yeah. It's the kind of thing that Paul Rudd would show when he says he's showing a preview for the new Ant-Man movie. <laughs> 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 you know what? It's the 
kind of thing Ant-Man himself would watch. Yes. <laughs> like, Scott Lang under house arrest would be totally vibing to We Sing. <laughs> we Sing in the Marvel Music Mansion. <laughs> One more thing about Nina Ballerina. One of the things that I like doing is I, like, make little shitpost videos out of Marvel's Musical Mansion for... Uh, Twitch streamer Proton John, and the very first one I did was of this song set to like footage of him playing Fighter Maker, this like PS1 game, and he commented that his moveset was making him look like a ballerina, and so I just thought I can do something with this, and yes. I did. I've just been making Marvelous Musical Mansion shit posts from the entire time, and I have to constantly remind him like what it is, just like Paul Rudd and Conan. <laughs> And so then it cuts to the next music box, which is the Doodle Det Quintet. And they play a really nice classic song, too. And it feels like they're actually playing their instruments. At first, you have the timpani drummer, who's the only one out of all these actors or slash musicians who's acting like a doll because the way he's banging on the drums is, like, very stiff and forced. He took the direction of, you are a music box, and took it literally. <laughs> he understood the assignment. And then later, he just gets all into it. He's just straight up banging shit. I know, but Lavos's little solo with the violin is just like... And, and the clarinet player next to him is just like having an orgasm over it. <laughs> <laughs> I looked at her as a kid, and she's like, what is her deal? And so, and like, as I look at it now, it's just like, at the end, I'm just expecting her to go, I'll have what she's having. <laughs> NSFW, turns out that stands for not safe for we sing, that is. I normally say that on the others, it feels like you have to be on a ton of drugs to agree to the other ones. This one, I feel like you'd have to be on drugs because it's just so much fun. (laughs) (laughs) Also, are you willing to dye your hair? (laughs) Just the sight of like an old man like Lawrence just with purple in his hair. It's like, you're like, what, 60 or something? This was before dyeing your hair weird colors was cool. Yeah, they also kind of do a bit of a color coordination. Even Lajos Paolo gets into the color coordination. He dyes his hair purple. and (laughs) You could tell he was kind of a little hesitant about it, but he overall had fun. Just the tips, please. (laughs) (laughs) Also, with the Doodle Debt Quintet, I'm not sure what it was exactly, but there was just something about them that was very Seussian. Yeah. The hairstyles, I think. Yeah, the hairstyles matched up with the uh, collars and everything. The one with the French horn looked like something like I would expect Divine to be wearing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, she is rocking the female trouble 60s hairdo. Fuck yes. I really can't wait for we sing Pink Flamingos. <laughs> <laughs> you joke, but I think John Waters actually did want to turn Pink Flamingos into a musical. Oh, nice. <laughs> I mean, it's not the worst idea in the world, but... I mean, it worked for Hairspray. And so then it cuts to them eating dinner, and then they go into this awesome-looking dining room that has literal musical chairs. Actually, before they do that, they have a little thing with the rhythm machine. Oh, yeah, the rhythm machine. I fucking love that damn rhythm machine. Oh, my God. Let's go get something to eat. Proceeds to have another musical number with the rhythm machine. I I know, the kid's like, "Eh, you know, it's kind of late. I don't feel like playing piano. Then they're like, okay, and then proceed to salsa dance to the kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) and i just gotta say it's nice to see a movie that has such an awesome prop like the rhythm machine that actually fucking deserves it i don't know who made it i don't know if it was jeff seats or not but if it was i want to know where that prop is now it is a cool ass prop and then they get to the kitchen and who should be standing there but donald trump showing them his mcdonald's catering he ordered for them (laughs) (laughs) 
Also, I gotta say, the sets in this are really beautiful. They are. Yeah. You kind of forget that this is a set and not like, oh, this is the actual interior of this house. It really does look like this is like someone's house. It doesn't look like an obvious soundstage. That's the one thing it has over other Wii Sings. It's like, this definitely looks like a house. It's not just an obvious soundstage in the Oregon public broadcasting booth. This is a Wii Sing with actual production design? <laughs> like, even though production design was the only thing that I praised about Big Rock Candy Mountain, even that you could kind of tell was just a soundstage. This actually looks like there was a lot of craft and care put into it. It looks like you could walk over into the dining room from the living room. Yeah. And so then it cuts to the kitchen and then they're all sitting down in the dining room and then cue the musical chairs. And I was kind of amazed it didn't lead to them actually playing musical chairs. I think that would have been too obvious a joke. It's like, okay, it's musical chairs, but not in that way. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Still, they went for it and I'm glad they did. Yeah, so we get into a rousing song of, I think it was called Viva La Compagnie, which I want to say is an original piece because I have never heard it anywhere else there's a good ratio of original songs in this which is like not something you can say for every we sing it's like mostly public domain yeah and they actually know how to use um pretty good public domain songs that actually tie into the story for the most part we get presented the food which i gotta say that would make for the most obscure episode of binging with babish ever that food genuinely looks good it does. It definitely looks like something that they actually made and the cast actually ate. Although, I gotta know, what the hell are quarter note crunchies? I guess they're like munchkins on a stick. I would say, I paused the video just like, okay, what the hell is this? And I still don't know. It's a it's a metaphor for weed. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then we get a scene where the kids decide to make a melody with the scale on the wall. And I gotta say, that was very enjoyable. I love it when stuff like this actually gets its music theory down well. Yeah. Because on a lot of kids' shows, you'll see, let me play you this song in C. And then it shows, like, someone playing piano, and it's not in C. If I retained anything from my piano years, it's definitely how the keys work. And as I was hearing them play, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, to be fair, it was on a wall instead of a piano, but it was impressive. I don't know shit about music theory. What sounds yeah, good sounds good. Yeah, basically what happened was Bila Nip made a perfect song about what goes into writing a song. How often can you get to say that? How do I write a melody so all of my friends can sing with me? I choose a few notes from a scale you see. C, D, E, F, G, A, B, C. See, that's how I write a melody. Once again, I, I feel the need to elaborate that whenever I do criticize this series, it's not because I think Susan Nip and Pamela Beale are bad writers. In fact, I think that they're really talented writers. I feel like it's that their talent often doesn't really get expressed as well in these tapes. So yeah, with this one, they finally get to explain like, okay, here's what goes into our music making process. Yeah, choose your notes. One, two, three. Also, we get to see a finally actually cute design and we sing Meter Mouse. Yeah, I like yes. Meter Mouse. He's so cute. That was a good little animatronic. Something something Suicide Squad reference. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like every time Meter Mouse spoke, my mind kept going to that Newgrounds video, Gonads and Strife. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> when you're a kid and you wanna go wee, but you ain't got drugs yet, you hold on for your life. Hold on to your little Gonads and Strife. 
That's the same exact voice. Why must you make me remember that? <laughs> it can also be in the same vein of, like, Foamy the Squirrel, for those of you who remember that. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> My sister would not stop playing that. <laughs> It also kind of gives off the energy of, aw, shit, here comes Pac-Man. <laughs> yo, 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 yo! What it is, motherfuckers? What are we doing in the Big Rock Candy Mountain, Charlie? Oh, <laughs> oh God. <laughs> yeah, like, the thing I like about Meter is that when he, like, has to announce the time, like, he gets exhausted at the end. Yes. <laughs> Like, he is visibly struggling to get to nine. If he gets to midnight, I think he would have been passed out. So not only is Uncle Rubato trapping humans as his enjoyment slaves, he's also trapping animals as well? Uh, it's a living. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is uh, Uncle Rubato is Jeff Bezos. No! Except he actually doesn't switch to digital. We do get a cute little song with Kelly singing to Cadenza. Yeah, that was cute. Yeah. I feel like her actress is like, can I please do a song with the cat, please? I just want to pet this cat. Yes. <laughs> no, Kelly, it's fine. You can pet the cat and you're free. I want to sing with the damn cat! <laughs> and then there's shenanigans afoot as someone stole everything. It's the one time we sing is intentionally creepy. Yeah. It's an intense little scene because like, yeah, when I was a kid, it's just like, oh shit, this is kind of creepy. Instead of the usual, oh shit, that's creepy. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have fucking them pretending little buddy foo-foo somehow cute in this. <laughs> <laughs> so while this mysterious force is just stealing everything, Cadenza just minds their business, which, good kitty. Yeah! Cat saw someone stealing from a rich person and said, I pretend I do not see it. <laughs> also, the way they set up the mystery, too, is actually pretty good. Like, I legit had no idea who it was gonna turn out to be the first time I was watching this. Like I said, kid-friendly knives out. So then they go throughout the mansion, and then they realize a bunch of stuff was stolen, so they have to start on a quest to find everything. Instead of, you know, call the police. <laughs> and then they come to stairs that are just the big piano, but now they're stairs. If you've ever been to the Boston Museum of Science, this is nothing special. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, Kelly and Benji go up into what is known as the family room, which is a cute little way to say, okay, here are all the different families of instruments and now here are your ancestors. They can talk to you. <laughs> Good news, kids. You can raise the dead now. Have fun. Huzzah. It's basically the magic paper from Harry Potter. Yeah, but at least there's not any transphobes involved with this, thank God. Huzzah. I almost forgot. There was those two knights that were next to them, those two knights that they had to ask a question. And then they also have the energy of the door knockers from Labyrinth because they're like, oh, we gotta sing a song. Because we're in a we sing film, we have to legally sing. And we do, what a good question. Of course, of course, we're fine. The question is, I was like, are those kids trapped in those knights' costumes? Like, what is Uncle Roboto doing with them? <laughs> what is Uncle Roboto not telling us here? Oh my god. Oh my god, he's keeping like a fucking mansion full of all these people for his entertainment, and he's like, sing! Sing, motherfuckers! <laughs> That's right, I remember, like, right when they're about to start splitting up to go search, he says, you can literally just ask the mansion. It's like, are you saying this house is alive? <laughs> <laughs> And as we find out, it kind of is. It ends with them all just hopping out of the house and then it just gets sucked up via poltergeist or that one episode of South Park with Walmart. 
<laughs> and then there's also a scene where Alex finds a passageway in the bookcase and he finds like this super amazing band that we don't get to see. Right. Yeah. I always wanted to know like what exactly it what did it look like back there. And then as like I saw upscaled versions on the DVD, it's like you can tell there's the studio space behind it. You can see the little string that pulls it to revolve the door. Very subtle, very quick. You could never see it on VHS. Now that it's in DVD, you can. It's like, aw. <laughs> the magic is gone. They probably didn't have the budget to actually make a bigger band than that, which is kind of disappointing because that could have been really cool to see. Although I will say one thing. Put the candle back. <laughs> <laughs> also, I gotta say, the bit with Ruben and Rachel Rabinsky was giving me some serious Skinnerink TV vibes. The way they were like doing the someone climbing up the staircase, the hand motions they did was very Skinnerink-esque. I mean, it really helps that Uncle Rubato is giving me some serious Bram vibes, too. Yeah, I noticed that. I'm sorry, I thought you said Brack for a second. I was just thinking of Uncle Rubato singing, Welcome to the Brack Show DVD! Meanwhile, Auntie Annabella gets locked outside. <laughs> yeah, and then the door knocker won't let her back in. And yeah. just like, motherfucker, there's a mystery going on. <laughs> there's a mystery going on, door knocker, and you know she's a dumbass. Hey, dumbass, what's the name of Ru- Uncle Rubato? cat you should know this <laughs> that's basically what his riddle boils down to he literally gave her the easiest riddle he just straight up said what's your cat's name and it took her like 10 minutes to figure it out the door knocker literally said so how can i choose violence today i know i'll lock the dumbest one out of the house the best part was like the first thing she thinks of is cat and the fiddle yeah. And it's like, nope, try again. And then she like looks over and she sees the bird watchers there. It's like, please help me. I'm locked <laughs> out. Do you know any riddles? Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll get you some help. Hey, quick, what's the number for the asylum again? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I kept half expecting him to start saying shit like, what's the Spanish word for tortilla? Or what color is the pink panther? When was the War of 1812? <laughs> <laughs> it's like that. Family Guy episode where they're playing Trivial Pursuit. Say the word what? I want to say who. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically, Auntie Annabella in that scene is me trying to decipher Roberta Williams' moon logic in King's Quest games. It's like, okay, so I have to do what to the word Rumpelstiltskin? <laughs> <laughs> Also, Uncle Roboto's just singing about how, oh, where, oh, where is all of these things? He's just in the dining room singing. It's like, Uncle Roboto, are you going to help us? Where is Meter's Gong? Well, where, oh, where, oh, where, oh, where, oh, where, oh, where, oh, where? Okay, he's no use. <laughs> And then Alex gets back to the piano, and the piano keeps playing the notes ADBD. The house is just like, oh my fucking god, these people are dumbasses. We are telling you who it is. Like, the piano is saying ADBD. It plays Andy Bandyman's theme earlier. This house is screaming. It's like, it was the one-man band guy. Hey, I know. It was Nina Ballerina, that lying skank. <laughs> I know, the best part is the fucking cat is the one to provide the deus ex machina, or the Chekhov's gun. Yeah! Here's his shoe, which is like, if you really think about it from a logical perspective, every single item that was stolen, sans Andy Bandyman, had something to do with their musical talent. And it's like, he's the only one that's the odd one out, because all he's missing is a single shoe. Yeah, it could have been 
been interesting if it had been, like, one of his instruments missing. Like, maybe if he, like, lost it when he fell down the stairs. Like, that would have been a good alibi. It's like, hey, why are you looking at me? I'm missing something, too, besides a shoe. Amazingly, that didn't snap him in half, but... (laughs) How did he climb those stairs anyways? He's, like, what, six inches tall? Yeah, he's, like, action figure-sized. I know, and the way the sound effects, like, sound him going up the stairs, it sounds more like just someone, like walking up the stairs and not like the sound of a little six inch figure like trying to climb up one stair at a time a wizard did it (laughs) it did feel a little bit off-putting but at the same time it was actually a pretty decent way to set up the mystery so i gotta say kudos to them and the way it summates like the final summation of where the house is just like "Ah, ah," with the music and it's like slowly getting more grandiose as they (laughs) put the pieces together and then at the end it's like oh andy bandy man did it and the piano's just like yes (laughs) i also like to point out they they never actually have breakfast first so they're probably starving that whole day We are going to starve these children until we solve the mystery of who broke into our house without (laughs) any help from the police or the FBI. And so then they solve the mystery and then Andy Bandy Man's all, but I was so insecure. Cool story, bro. You still stole all our shit. Like, even if you're still insecure, you're still a thieving bastard. So what we're getting at is that Andy Bandy Man is a fucking manipulator. And uh, at the same time, like, I never even noticed this until today, but like, there's this little mini arc about Alex having stage fright, essentially, when it comes to performing. Because like, when he's like playing back at the house he's kind of like is anyone watching me and that's why they're kind of sneaking up on him and when they get to there and they see the piano it's like hey alex you want to play like i heard you doing some good and it's like can we do it another time like he's just putting it off and then at the very end it's like man andy bandy man i wish i had the same charisma as you when it comes to performance like yeah just perform and just let the music happen like thank god you didn't go for the whole just imagine everyone's naked or in their underwear approach like thank god they didn't go that route (laughs) And that's the thing about Andy Bandy Man, is that his act already surpasses everybody else's. Why does he need to be so goddamn insecure? Because one-man bands are a dying breed, basically. Because Andy Bandy can't handle other people having accomplishments unless he's involved somehow, because he's never heard the word no his entire life. He's been cooped up in Timbuktu this entire time. Yeah, okay, I'll give him (laughs) some credit. We can blame the creators over there, because they were probably like, nah, you're not getting any of the instruments. (laughs) actually want to play so fuck you (laughs) so then it ends with them all singing when the saints go marching in and it's a pretty badass sequence I can tell, like, everyone had a lot of fun with that bit. It's just a basically a giant dance party, which, I mean, granted, about half of them end with dance parties, but this one I like because it's got CG musical notes flying everywhere. And the bird watchers come back. Bird watchers are watching it happen as musical notes circle the mansion. It's like, okay, is this going to turn into the end of Rocky Horror Picture Show where the mansion just flies off? <laughs> They watch it happen, and then they start going into the final song of Heroes, and the criminologist is like, yep, that happened. (laughs) Just the (laughs) end. You're all fucking insects. (laughs) Don't forget to turn off the globe. I 
was still amazed that mansion wasn't surrounded by reporters. Like, if I saw, like, a bunch of shit that House was doing and they were just that casual about it being a musical mansion, somebody would have reported it by now. (laughs) In this day and age, this mansion would have gone viral. Hell yeah. You would see, like, people going up to it and, like, taking pictures of it or, like, dare I say, cosplayers coming up to it. Yeah. (laughs) Actually, fun fact, I live in Sacramento and there's this giant ass castle that's like on the side of the highway that a bunch of people have always been curious about apparently it's owned by this guy who's just had it for a long time and he shared it with his family so he's a really nice guy from what i've heard and he often lets people tour it so maybe someday maybe someday like a really big we sing fan will buy it and do what they did with the christmas story house and gut the entire thing to make it match the interior yes <laughs> that's another thing too does anybody like actually live there currently probably i mean don't dox them of course that's yeah i would imagine so because that's in like a really nice neighborhood of portland like imagine finding out that your house was the basis of a cult classic kids movie from the 90s yes (laughs) you show them like the vhs or the dvd cover and it's like that's your house Or imagine, like, it's part of the realtor's description of it. It's like, okay, we should let you know it was in a cult children's film from the 90s, and there could be some people that want to come see it. You could be dealing with intruders. It's technically on private property, but... Mm. <laughs> Hi, uh, 911. Yeah, some guy is singing when the saints go marching in outside my house again. <laughs> Yeah, uh, hello, 911. Someone's out here going, we're here because we're here because we're here. This isn't even Sillyville either. I don't know what that's about. (laughs) They're going to reveal that they're just still keeping all those people in the music boxes like Bad Ronald style. (laughs) 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 And now comes the time in the We Scream saga where we decide if we're going to keep the tapes leave it in the donation box, or if we're gonna burn the tapes. All right, Nathan? Mine! I'm keeping it! (laughs) Yes! Yes! Yeah, I still have my childhood copy, so that should tell you what I'm planning on doing with it. I am keeping it. If possible, get it signed by one of the stars. Yes! Out of curiosity, is it one of the ones with the MCA Universal logo? It's the Universal version, unfortunately. I did have the original one before they got bought out by Universal, but I don't know exactly what happened to it. I think that might have been a Janice's copy that I just borrowed all the time, and it's like, okay, we're getting our own copy. Oh, okay. <laughs> so from what I've heard, uh, We Singdom is the only actually universal produced video of these and the two sing-alongs they were technically also them yeah it just hit me that universal likely bought we sing because they really wanted to have their own disney sing-alongs which sure why not (laughs) i think this was like around the time timmy the tooth was a thing so that and the land before time sequels yeah, that was, like, right around that time period, because, like, that's what I remember seeing on the uh, previews. For a while, I was the only one who knew there were four American Tale movies. Like, I remember one time I posted, like, wait, there's a fourth American Tale movie? And a bunch of people were like, wait, there was a third American Tale movie? And I was like, yeah, I got a preview for that all the time, because I was one of the idiots who saw Land Before Time 3 before the original. And the best part was, like, they completely retconned the Five of Ghost Western. It's like, I just had this weird dream that we were in the Wild West. Oh, Fievel, you and your imagination. <laughs> it's like, wow, way to fuck up one of the better sequels to a Don Bluth movie. Right? <laughs> you also have the animated series. That was a thing. Yeah. All right, so as for me, it's gonna be a hard keep the tapes. I was 
really surprised by how much fun this was. Like I said, the sets are great. Everything about this is great. Steve Smith as Uncle Rubato may be probably my favorite character out of, well, one of my favorite characters, as we'll get into later, out of Weezing, I think. So, hard keep. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Definitely keep. This was a good one. Holy shit. Randy liked one. Okay, so this is an unprecedented moment in history. For the first time in this saga, Randy <laughs> is keeping the tapes. She gave a very tepid keep to King Cole's party, but yes. Oh yeah, that's right. Okay. All right. And then for me, definitely a really big keep the tapes. This one might actually also be the only one I'm likely to ever rewatch because like We Sing and Sillyville I liked, but overall I was kind of like, yeah, once is enough. And then for the rest, I'm just like... It's to the point where like I can actually sing some of these songs really good. Oh. All right. So thank you so much for joining us, Nathan. Thank you for sharing all that. I'm glad to finally be on here talking about something that I've yet to really talk about on my channel. I mentioned I want to do a review of this on my own, and this has been really good material to like really get in the good mind to start talking about it. Of course. That'd be so cool. And it was great to have like your information help guide us through this. Yeah, you gave a lot of great info. Yeah, like I said, walking, talking, we sing encyclopedia. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, so is there anything you want to plug? Yeah, well, uh, like I said, my YouTube is uh, Gokai Orange. Right now, I've got a little show going called The Curious Case, where I talk about uh, shows, media that kind of gets a bad rep and, like, needs to be better understood. Like, I've already done an episode on uh, The Wacky World of Tex Avery, that one deep cartoon that tried to emulate uh, Tex Avery's work. I've done an episode on Danger Rangers, which is currently my big rabbit hole deep dive. Like, I am the biggest fan of that show show like the audio listeners can't see this but like i have made cosplay for this thing nice wow i have got a plush from the show i've got lots of dvds for it yeah but some of the stuff that i'm gonna be doing for curious case i'm doing one on lunatics unleashed yes I'm doing one on this uh, thing from one Saturday morning called Mrs. Munger's Class. That is a rabbit hole. Yeah, but the other thing I want to plug is Anniverse. This is a riffing group that I'm a uh, part of that's been going on since like 2008 or so, where basically we take YouTube annotations and we riff stuff a la MS23K. Oh yeah, I remember that. So that's been going on for a while now. I'm currently one of the main annotators for it. I edit stuff to be annotated. So like, as of this recording, we haven't uploaded the first episodes yet, but... I'm assuming by the time this comes out, we'll already have started, but we're going to be annotating Disney's Doug. Oh, wow. We're going to be annotating Captain Planet. Yes. <laughs> so <sighs> definitely look forward to that. Give Anniverse a plug. Tell them Channel KRT sent you. Yes. Yes. Woo. All right. And uh, you can find me over on the usual Mission Breakout on Twitter and Discord. You can find me on a walking pun on Instagram. Uh, my Muppet Twitter, Muppet Vision 3D. And then you can find me also finding Andy Bandyman and telling him to get the fuck over himself. <laughs> uh, you can find me uh, on Cosmic Rewind on Twitter. Replace the E with a 3. You can find me on select episodes of uh, Escape from Vault Disney and The Emperor's New Podcast. And you can find me... Uh, about to go get some immunotherapy before the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You can find me at the usual spots. Tyler FG on Twitter. Tyler FG 96 on Instagram. Channel KRT. You can find us on Twitter at channel underscore KRT. Channel KRT podcast. All one word on Instagram. We also have our Facebook group and our Discord server. And if you want to help support us, you can find us over on Patreon, where you can find episodes of this podcast and Saga one day early, as well as exclusive minisodes and outtakes. 
And you can also find me figuring out what the hell is behind that bookcase. Huzzah! <laughs> ah, all right. Channel KRT and We Scream Day 7, cut to static.